All right, guys, what's up? Um, it's Isaac here on the Pro Football Chase podcast on this Monday afternoon. Um, if you're able to join me for your lunch break, whether you're at work or whatever the case may be, um, it's always fun to join the Pro Football Chase podcast here, right here on the Colin app. Uh, by the way, just a quick shout out to um, Colin and the Colin app. I mean, it, it really has. Um, grown on this platform and seen more shows pop up and it's truly been a cool feature you know this is an app that gives you an opportunity to even start your own podcast if that's what you're into or um, just join other people's podcasts and you have a chance to voice your um, opinions on certain drafts and and fits and prospects and NFL news and you know, it's always fun, I believe, when you're able to kind of interact with, um, you know, different members, you listen to different takes. And so for those reasons, uh, I, I really do believe that this call-in app is really, is really good. And it's cool to be a part of it and see all the growth that is happening. So basically what I want to do this week, talk a little bit about the NFL draft the month uh, we're on April 4th the draft is coming up the round one in Las Vegas is coming up on April 28th and so as you can imagine I am anxiously uh, waiting for draft weekend to come there's all kinds of um, real craziness going on because Vegas was essentially supposed to host last year's draft in 2021 but because of covid or, or in 2020 but because of covid obviously they went the virtual draft and so las vegas was unable to carry out the draft and so this year it was bumped back to vegas and so you can imagine that there is uh, a lot of excitement brewing in las vegas and you know, these athletes, the, the top prospects are going to have the opportunity to get back to the whole in-person draft, right? You're there in the green room. Uh, just there's a whole lot more, um, a whole lot more emotions uh, that, that come into it when we're getting back to these live in-person drafts. And um, I don't know, uh, it just makes the draft what it is. You get to experience the fans, right? The passionate fans. You get to experience the cheers, the boos. You know, when there's some fan bases, especially the on the East Coast, the Eagles, who have three first-round picks, the Giants, right? You have the Jets. Whenever there's picks that the fan bases don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know you're going to hear from those fan bases. And, of course, you can expect a large Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders contingent to be present uh, for for draft weekend, you know they're going to be hosting. I, I can imagine. I've never been to Las Vegas myself, but I'd imagine they're going to have the city bumping as it always is. And then uh, we get to experience the thrill of picks. And right now, it's a very interesting process going on. And having interviewed draft prospects this year and in recent years, I mean. The pre-draft process is a lot. You know, it can be very sophisticated for especially 
some of these top prospects, you know, because this is the time in the month of April, early April, within the first couple of weeks, that these NFL prospects, and again, we are no longer any, uh, the NFL is no longer implementing any COVID protocols. So that's a good thing because now you're seeing these draft visits, in-person draft visits that are taking place at team facilities, which is something that was taken away during the COVID pandemic. It was all Zoom pre-draft meetings. I mean, there was no traveling. It was just straight up. I remember interviewing players in the 2020 and 2021 drafts where, you know, they would just tell me basically they'd set up at their home or apartment or they'd return home for training. And they would just basically have one Zoom call after another with NFL teams all day long. Zoom calls, you know, just trying to get get their name out there. They had teams interested in them and basically just staying in one room, right? Well, now with those COVID-19 protocols lifted, you're seeing this week that prospects are flying across the country to go in person on their top 30 visits. If you're unfamiliar with what a top 30 visit is, it's for each team in the NFL gets uh, a top 30 visit, which means 30 different prospects that they are most interested in. Now, and I mean, they use these 30 visits on players that they are extremely interested in and more than likely if you make a top 30 visit for a team, that team is going to turn your card in when you're available at the grade they have you um, rounded out at, you know, so it, it kind of gives a, a tell because you know that these teams have obviously done due, dil- due diligence um, on you. And in some cases, there's some uh, some prospects that have some question marks, whether they be um, medical, whether they're off the field issues. And so teams like to use these top 30 visits on players that they're interested in, and they also want to have the player in person pick their brain about football, um, whether they feel like they want an explanation, um, and uh, and see see how they feel about you as a prospect and a fit for the organization. And so these these are what these top thirty visits are designated for. Now, of course, we're at the twelve thirty time Central, one thirty p.m. Eastern time. Uh, news just was announced, according to um, Aiden, Hunch- Aiden Hutchinson's Instagram story. He is currently in Jacksonville on uh, on a uh, top thirty visit with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it seems like ninety five percent of mock drafts being put out have Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, going at defensive end, and of course. Placing that franchise tag on Cam Robinson, securing that left side of the football, you know. And so before they did, they were talking about Evan Neal, right, potentially being a number one overall pick. Well, Aiden Hutchinson appears to be the favorite. In fact, Aiden Hutchinson and 
um, NC State offensive tackle Iki Ikwangwu are both visiting the Jaguars today. Ikwangwu is obviously regarded as one of the draft class's best offensive tackles out of NC State. He's pretty much a lock to go somewhere in the top five. But I think it would be a surprise at this point um, if the Jacksonville Jaguars don't take Aiden Hutchinson, number one overall. And so that appears to be the, the case. And so we'll see exactly. Of course, on draft night, that's why, you know, the draft season, it's so intriguing, right? Because you have teams that are leading um, you know, uh, draft scouts and media scouts to believe that they're leaning one way or the other, just, just to let you know on draft night that they go a completely different direction. And so that's, that's the fun of it. Um, and so Aiden Hutton, I know Traylon Burks, uh, one of the top wide receivers in this draft class has got a busy top 30 visit schedule. He's starting his with the Dallas Cowboys today, uh, meeting at the star in Frisco. And so what I do want to look at um, is Bucky Brooks' latest NFL mock draft. And now Bucky Brooks, he's an NFL.com analyst. He does some great work, um, and he's always putting out quality content. And so because he just put this mock draft out, I kind of wanted to go through it, discuss some potential fits on, on what he has to say, and give my opinion on how some of these prospects can fit according to this mock draft. Now, I'll probably end up putting out my own mock draft probably as it gets closer, maybe when we're a week out of uh, the NFL draft. I always do every year put out at least one mock draft. Of course, I'm not like these mock draft gurus who are putting out a new one every other day or every week. Obviously, uh, in my eyes, I think that's just a little bit overkill because things change every single day in the draft process. You know, teams could be... Um, turned off by a player that they maybe maybe were eyeing with their first round pick. Maybe there's a trade that happens. And that's something that I would expect to ramp up here in the next couple of weeks. When you start having teams that are, are eyeing these quarterbacks, whether it be Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, you have the Saints, the Steelers, teams that are picking in the, in the low teens or the 20s, you know, who are eyeing these players to move up, right, and, and pull the trigger. And so I almost feel like every year, there's always that one or two trade uh, trades that happen of these quarterback needy teams because you know when you're trying to identify a franchise quarterback, the, the price is steep to move up into that top five to secure your guy. We saw the Niners do it for Trey, Trey Lance last year, and I think you have Carolina at six who may, who may feel like they need to move into the top three you know, maybe jump up a couple of spots to avoid any team like Pittsburgh or New Orleans from hopping them to get the guy they want, whether that be Kenny Pickett, which there's rumors that they're eyeing him, right? So you have the Washington Commanders, who I think at this point, after acquiring Carson Wentz, it would kind of surprise me if they went with the quarterback in the first round. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them to maybe draft one in the second or third round on day two. Uh, to see if they can develop one behind Carson Wentz and see if he indeed is going to be their long-term guy or whether they're going to look to move on from him after a year or two. We'll see, but I'll tell you what, a real wild-card team that could shock everybody on draft night and go with the quarterback is the Detroit Lions. I mean, they're sitting there at number two. If they are really 
strongly sold on one of these quarterback prospects, whether it be Malik Willis, um, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter. I mean, one of these guys, if they are really, truly all in on one of these quarterbacks and feel like they can lead their organization toward, you know, Super Bowl contention down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull the gun or pull the trigger, per se, on a quarterback. And it could, and if they do, it would take a lot of people by surprise, right? Because Jared Goff, while he had an up and down season, his first year in Detroit, he did close out the season on a hot streak and he developed some good chemistry with Amaran St. Brown. Um, of course, they, they dealt with DeAndre Swift, right? So, wasn't necessarily surrounded with the best talent all year in Detroit. So I still think that the expectation is that Detroit, Brad Holmes, a GM who knows Goff well, came from the Rams front office, who was the main reason why he wanted to get Goff in Detroit in that Matthew Stafford trade. I do believe they're going to give Goff one more year. And I think that that could be their intention, but you never know what an NFL organization is thinking until draft night comes. And that's when we get to see uh, what direction the Detroit Lions <clears throat> are going to go. Um, so um, here, that, that, that's kind of where uh, I, I'm headed in terms of what I think they can do. Um, but, yeah, so so in this mock draft, Bucky Brooks <clears throat> has Aiden Hutchinson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, number one overall. And, again, that is something that most media scouts are in agreement on. Maybe I've seen a couple of mock drafts that have the Jaguars taking a tackle, like that guy Kwan Wu, Evan Neal. Um, but it really does surprise me that Aiden Hutchinson – at least in the media scout realm, has seems to have taken uh, a leg and a half up on Kayvon Thibodeau, who at one point during this past college season was regarded as a potential number one overall pick. But it just seems like Aiden Hutchinson has, I guess, better to NFL teams than, say, Kayvon Thibodeau, with things flying around Th Thibodeau that, you know, teams don't like his attitude. They're not necessarily fond of the way he carries himself. They question his, his energy, his high motor. And I'll touch on him in a minute. But in this one, uh, Jaguars get a high motor pass rusher. He's got some athleticism, um, very refined technical player. So Hutchinson to Jacksonville, number one overall. Now on this mock draft, the Lions, Bucky Brooks has them taking Trayvon Walker, the defense alignment from the Georgia Bulldogs National Championship team. Again, Walker, versatile frontline athlete. You know, he can make plays, an impact playmaker. Maybe you're looking at a, a type of impact. And of course, that only did for uh, his. I got to tell you what, I, I am a little bit surprised, at, at least in the media, media scouts, that, that they have dropped Thibodeau not only to the second defensive player to be drafted, but 
to the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I mean, I've seen some mock drafts where Thibodeau falls out of the top seven, top eight, and he's going number 10 or 11. And I just think, like, this guy is an ultra-explosive edge rusher. He's an, he's an impact player, freak, freakish athletic, uh, you know, defensive end that can be a true upgrade and give any offensive tackle an issue. You look at his film from Oregon, and the guy is dominating. You know, every single offensive tackle he's lining up against. I'm not entirely sure why he's lost some steam with some teams, but when you cut on the film alone, that he should be the number one defensive player off the board over Hutchinson as well. You know, and so I understand where people will look at Thibodeau and they'll say, well, you know, Hutchinson's a more uh, surefire player. You know what you're getting with him. He's going to be a productive edge rusher. Thibodeau, in a sense, is kind of labeled as that boom-bust pro- uh, prospect where he could end up being a 12-and-a-half, 12-to-13-sack guy every single year, or he could very well, you know, flame out and be the next Jadavion Clowney where there's a lot of hype around him but he doesn't show up on the stat sheet consistently. So I can see both sides, but in my opinion, I believe Thibodeau is going to end up being the best defensive end prospect of this year's draft class over Hutchinson, over Walker. But again, we're seeing a lot of Trayvon Walker going very high, and we're seeing a lot of Hutchinson go very high. But my in my words, do not sleep on Kayvon Thibodeau, and do not be surprised when he is the guy who is making the most impact on his respective team during the rookie season. So in this mock, Bucky has Walker going to the Lions at two, and then he's got Thibodeau going to the Houston Texans at three. Now Thibodeau did speak out at the Combine that he would love to join Lovey Smith's defense. He believes that he's a fit in what he wants to do. So in this sense, Houston, a team that's rebuilding, they just need to stockpile as many talented players as possible. Obviously, a guy like Thibodeau can be a cornerstone piece for a franchise like the Houston Texans, so that does make some sense. Number four, they have uh, Sauce Gardner, right, the Cincinnati cornerback who has declared himself the best player in this year's draft, tweeted it out this morning, ultra-confident kid, Obviously, his resume speaks for itself, not giving up a touchdown this past season. Um, and, and you look at what he did against that Alabama in the college football semifinal game. Gardner uh, did a good job of slowing down uh, Jamison Williams and Mechie, right? And so I think the, the expectation is that he is the first DB coming off the board, period. Whether that be at pick two, three, four, five, six, he's going early with a strong chance to end up in either Houston or New York, because if Houston passes up on a month, then you know that the Jets and Giants picking at four and five, I, I find it hard to believe that he would stay on the board beyond those selections, of course, unless barring a trade for a team that comes up to get a quarterback. But Sauce Gardner, um, they have one of the Jets here. Uh, New York obviously needs to revamp that secondary, so he does fit. Uh, to be that true shutdown corner in Robert Sala's defense. Big fan of Gardner. Love the way he plays. High intensity at all times. A guy that's confident. Um, the junior corner from Cincinnati. Um, he, he could he could provide uh, a huge 
presence in in that New York secondary, especially when you're looking at the AFC all of a sudden. You got to worry about Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. You got to worry about Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle in Miami, right? And and then of course Mac Jones in New England, a, a kid that showed some promise, and they just acquired Devontae Parker. So solidifying that cornerback position, I'm I'm sure is very high on Joe Douglas's wish list entering this draft. Five, the Giants, um, new general manager, Joe Schoen, of course, and you, you want to believe that he wants to build the left tackle, even if you want to start him by tackle, did at Andrew Thomas a couple of years ago in the top 10, and he has had his ups and downs, but it looked like Thomas turned the corner last season, so maybe you pair, maybe you move Thomas to right tackle, maybe you try him at guard, either way, we let player of the caliber of Evan Neal, you have the luxury to shift that offensive line and put your very best five out on the field for a Giants team that will continue to try to remake that offensive defensive line, trying to make sure they're on both sides in the trenches. Evan Neal will do just that. Uh, number six, Carolina. They have uh, Bucky has them taking Iki Ikwamu, NC State offensive tackle, junior. A guy that I mentioned at the top of the podcast, he is in Jacksonville as well, along with Aiden Hutchinson on that top 30 visit. But again, Carolina, I I would be shocked if they pass up a quarterback again sitting in the top 10. I mean, they had pick number nine or eight eight last year. They they passed up Justin Fields and they went with um, J.C. Horn. Now, they do that again and they pass up a quarterback. You say Pickett's on the board, Ritter's on the board. Willis is on the board, and they cho- they chose to go in another direction by going with an offensive tackle. Uh, I understand that they need to um, shore up the offensive line, but at this point, after swinging and missing on Watson, you know they they were desperate on that. They tried to to acquire him, and now I almost feel like. For a head coach like Matt Rule, who is now feeling the heat, David Tepper, I'd imagine his patience is running thin. They may go for a quarterback here. Um, And so this is where I could see a guy like Kenny Pickett uh, going to Carolina, maybe even Matt Corral. We'll see where things fall. But Iki Kwanwu, who's not a bad consolation prize, one of the best tackles in this year's draft class, going to Carolina at six. Um, here's a surprise player, Jermaine Johnson, the second, uh, edge rusher out of Florida state. This guy really came on strong, a transfer, I believe from Georgia, went to Florida state. Um, a guy that shredded it this past season, dynamic edge rushers, got the quickness, the hands. And then of course he only helped himself even more so in mobile for the senior bowl, a guy that was consistently dominant in one-on-one drills against some of the other top offensive linemen in college football. The guy really did wonders for him because he was a guy, maybe that was on the fringe of the, of the end of round one, maybe a, an early day two pick. Now, most mock drafts, and again, this could be wrong, right? Because media scouts oftentimes have it way wrong. He could end up, you know, going at the end of round one, maybe even falling to, to round two. 
but at least he's a very popular name in the media scout world. And, and in this case, Johnson going number seven overall to the New York Giants. Um, and so that that would kind of be a surprise to me. But obviously, it's obvious as to why he's generating so much buzz for what he was able to accomplish with the Giants. Now, number eight, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they have uh, Bucky has them taking Garrett Wilson, who I think if you had to put money on it, I believe he indeed is going to be the number one receiver taken in this year's draft class. Uh, the clear-cut number one polished route runner. He can go line up alongside Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, Marcus Mariota is there. They traded Matt Ryan. You know, heck, Atlanta. You know, at number eight, they could be a team that eyes a quarterback, right? They could even look to move ahead of the divisional rival, you know, crack into the top five and, and take a quarterback, such as Willis or um, Kenny Pickett. So that's another team that could be eyeing a quarterback, especially when you're picking inside the top ten. But in this case, Garrett Wilson, another, another receiving weapon for Atlanta um, to go with. Pitts and Cordero Patterson, who they resigned a free agency. The Seattle Seahawks in that nine, another team that could be eyeing a quarterback. In this case, uh, Bucky has them taking Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. Uh, they did part ways with their franchise legend in Bobby Wagner. So it does make sense that they want to fill that void with a top 10 caliber linebacker in Devin Lloyd, uh, a guy that maybe has an upper hand on Nakobe Dean as being the first linebacker chosen just because of his, his size and athleticism, 6'3", big linebacker, sideline to sideline, 10. The Jets picking again. Uh, Bucky has them taking Kyle Hamilton, the, the versatile safety out of Notre Dame, a guy that is uh, 6'4", lengthy, athletic. Now, one thing that has kind of been a thorn on his side in this pre-draft process was his 40-yard time. I think he clocked a 4-7, and so some people are a little bit concerned about his low 40 time, even though he's 6'4", 225-plus pounds, really a, a hybrid linebacker. But, I mean, the, the film doesn't lie, as they say. And this is a guy that has a knack for generating turnovers. He's all, he's all over the field, high football IQ. So he would certainly go to New York and help fill that void that Jamal Adams left when they traded him to Seattle 11. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., another highly scrutinized prospect in this year's draft class that you look at his talent alone and his potential, and it's hard it's hard to, to, to see him not going in the top five because at one point this guy was even viewed as a top three pick. But, again, uh, inconsistent play on film. Obviously, he missed pretty much his entire 2021 season because of that list Frank injury. Some people question his um, motor and his effort on every single play. They say that he's a guy that is not necessarily an alpha. He's not going to be a guy that leads. He's more so a guy that needs to have somebody else lead um, and, and take that top role while he'll come in and fit and do his part. Um, Washington lands him in this mock draft at number 11, which you look at his talent alone, you look at his size, that's a pretty good value for the corner, uh, such as Derek Stingley. Now, number 12, uh, Andrew Booth from the Minnesota Vikings out of Clemson, uh, another team that could be looking to add another corner. They re-signed Patrick Peterson, but Andrew Booth has also proven himself to be a technician, very scheme-friendly cover corner um, that can go and learn from Patrick Peterson there in Minnesota as Kevin O'Connell um, and, and – uh, 
they 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 make up that defense under uh, Pat Donatel, right? So number thirteen, Houston picking again. They have Drake London getting another weapon for Davis Mills, a guy that showed some flashes last year. London is a big possession guy, the guy that can go up and win those contested 50-50 balls. 14 Baltimore Ravens. Bucky has them taking Washington cornerback Trent McDuffie. Um, this is a, a very heavy man-to-man defense for the Ravens. McDuffie is a sticky corner, so I think his fit there is nice. Now the Eagles with back-to-back picks at 15 and 16. Uh, Bucky has them taking at 15 Chris Olave, um, the receiver for Oklahoma State. Ohio State, excuse me, pairing up with um, Devontae Smith. And then at 16, he has them going corner with Kyler Gordon out of Washington, another cornerback out of um, UW. 17, the Chargers going with Charles Cross, which it would surprise me if, if, if Cross is there at 17. Um, so, yes, the Chargers going Cross. 18, got the Saints going uh, with Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa offensive tackle. 19, the Eagles, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, the, the top-rated center um, in this year's draft class going to Philly as, you know, eventually drafting Kelsey's successor, although he did announce he's returning for one more year. Uh, with a pick like Linderbaum, you can always start him off at guard and then have him take over at center once Kelsey decides to, to hang them up. 20, uh, Steelers taking Jahan Dotson. Uh, this is a kind of a, a, a big play, home run hitter type of receiver. Pittsburgh, you know, they, they always want to try to add dynamic playmakers alongside Deontay Johnson. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. Uh, Washington as well, so John Dotson does make some sense there. Patriots at 21, who just acquired Devontae Parker. You know, they want to go uh, secondary after losing J.C. Jackson. They get a player that is is... Uh, a top competitor guy that kind of fits that New England uh, type of, of scheme and style. Roger McCreary from Auburn, 22. Uh, Bucky's got the Packers going off into line here. Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan, a guy that can come in, be a pl- plug-and-play for uh, Green Bay. He's a nimble athlete, um, can come in on day one and maybe even start at guard, depending on what they need. Of course, Elgin Jenkins able to play numerous positions. He's got the Cardinals taking Jordan Davis, a guy that absolutely stole the headlines at the combine with his athleticism. Dallas at 2014. Offensive guard for Maine. Uh, Bay taking Devontae Wyatt, another Georgia defensive player coming off the board. Packers at 28, going uh, for receiver help. Christian Watson, got a 6-2-6-3, ran in a blazing 40. Uh, 29, the Chiefs going with Sky Moore, trying to replace uh, that Tyreek Hill. Uh, Sky Moore is an under-the-radar guy that has been extremely productive at Western Michigan. 30, Chiefs double-dipping. This time they go defense with Daxon Hill, safety out of Michigan. 31, Bengals going D-line with Logan Hall. And then closing out round one, the Lions going with Penn State edge Arnold Epikiti um, to close out the round. So that's just a mock draft that Bucky Brooks put out um, to start the week. Again, a lot of draft talk going on. I will be having my own mock draft coming up. But again, it is an exciting time in the NFL. You know, the big first couple waves of free agency have come and gone. Uh, Now it seems like all teams at this point are turning their full focus toward 
draft weekend coming up on April 28th, live from Las Vegas. Can't wait to watch it. But uh, again, I enjoy your time joining me on this Monday afternoon edition of the Pro Football Chase podcast right here on the Colin app. So have a great rest of the day. We appreciate you tuning in and I'll see you next week.